Welcome to Rossin Connection, a podcast about all things Lehigh Engineering, coming to you from the PC Rossin College of Engineering and Applied Science at Lehigh University. It's a show for students, alumni, faculty, and staff, current, former, and future, and for anyone who's interested in the many creative ways that engineers are solving the world's problems. I'm your host, Christine Fennessy. In today's show, I talk with Onur Denison. Onur is a PhD student in the Mechanical Engineering and Mechanics Department, and he recently won the Graduate Leadership and Service Award. Onur is from Turkey, but he's been in the U.S. for eight years. He spent his first year in Flint, Michigan, studying English at the University of Michigan. Then he came to Lehigh and got his master's degree in mechanical engineering. After that, he went to Columbia University in New York City to start his PhD. And in 2017, he transferred to Lehigh to continue his PhD. Onur researches origami-based mechanism design. He combines origami, the Japanese art of paper folding, with mechanisms and robots. The goal is to make them collapsible and deployable. He expects to finish his PhD next spring, and he plans to stay in academia, where he'll use his research to solve problems in space systems. Because one of NASA's biggest challenges is trying to figure out how to transport and deploy bulky objects into space. I spoke with Onur about his journey as an international student. When he came to the U.S. eight years ago, it was the first time he'd ever left Turkey. And when the pandemic hit, he thought he might have to go back. But he says, just like the university has always done for him, Lehigh stepped in to help. Can you just start by telling me about where you're from in Turkey, a little bit about what it's like there? Uh, sure. Uh, I was born in Turkey. It's, I can say uh, my city in the middle of Turkey uh, called Malatya. Uh, it's not a big city, but it's not like a small town. Uh, but I live in nature because we had so many apricot trees. So, and Malatya, my city, is very famous for the apricots. Um, therefore, the, I can say that I live a place combination of the city life and the nature life. And what did you love the most about living there? Well, I think I, I like the apricots. <laughs> That's the most uh, great things in my city. Okay, well, so where and when did you first hear about Lehigh? Well, I was in undergrad college in Turkey. One of my professor work at Lehigh as a visiting researcher. Uh, therefore, I heard from him first time. He was mentioning about the facilities here and the environment here. And what, what were you hearing from him and what were you seeing in your own research that made you think, wow, this might be the place for me? When I came to the Lehigh, I understand that he's right. And um, I, I see many devices here and uh, which the other universities doesn't have. But I can definitely say that Lehigh was one of the top options for me because Lehigh has a unique position as a location. And also Lehigh has a great facilities, great environment. What was it about the positioning of Lehigh geographically that was so appealing? Well, I think as it very close uh, to New York City and very close to Philadelphia. And also, it reminds me my city in Turkey. It's a combination of the city life and the nature life. If you go to the main street, you can feel that you are just walking in in Philadelphia, for example. 
But also if you go to the like mountain top campus, you can see some animals there. So that's, uh, I think, the great uh, opportunity at Lehigh. That's great. And that is actually what I really like about this area, too, is that it doesn't take that long to be out in nature, out in the countryside. I mean, you can be on your bike and in 10 minutes you're in really rural areas. Right. I think that's a great part of right. this. Yeah. While you were still in Turkey and you were considering Lehigh, how did it feel to be considering going to school so far from home? Like, how were you feeling about it? How was your family feeling about it? Were you kind of the first in your family to go so far away for university? Uh, my family was always supporting me if I made a decision and if they feel that this is good for me in the future and not harmful for me, then, of course, they always uh, support me. Of course, uh, especially my dad was a little bit angry, but he never said anything else. But I was feeling that. Was he angry because he just was sad that you were going to be so far away? Uh, yeah, because I only have one older brother, so just two siblings. So he has only two sons and the one of them is going like 10,000 miles away. And that's not a good, a good situation, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I imagine. Okay. So you went to the University of Michigan first to do a language training. Right. And so can you talk to me a little bit about what that transition was like for you in terms of the culture shock of going from Turkey to Michigan? And do you remember how you felt in those early days? In the beginning, I was very open-minded and I opened my eyes and I watch, uh, watch everything around happening to me and try to learn in maybe one year or maybe I can say maybe seven or eight months especially was very hard for me. The biggest problem I believe was a language. Actually, I can give you two examples about that. Uh, the one of them is uh, I went to a restaurant. First, I came to the USA in Michigan. So in here, the people use the ice in water or like soda or whatever it is. But in my own country, we don't use ice so much. So I don't use to drink water, for example, with ice. So I was trying to say I don't want any ice on my water, but I just uh, like keep saying that long sentence. And then waitress told me that no ice. I say yes. So And then I listen to the other table and they say no onion, no pickles, no no. Uh, no eyes, for example. So <laughs> that makes me a feeling, okay, I shouldn't keep like saying the long sentences. That's the first thing. The second thing is that um, I think it was second month or third month here in Michigan, I mean. So we tried to go to Chicago because it's very close from Michigan. It was like three or four hours. And we rent a car with my Turkish friends. And uh, I was driving, but I was a little bit afraid because the rules are slightly different and I didn't know very well at that time. Uh, therefore, I was driving very, very slow and my English level was not very good. So <laughs> my luck, uh, because I just passed through a police car and uh, <laughs> he just uh, started following us. And then he just opened the lights and I just uh, pulled over. So he came, the police officer, and asked where you came from. <laughs> and I told him, Turkey. And he said that, get off the car. Probably he thought that I'm drunk because it was like early morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So then, <laughs> then I, I explained the situation and then he understood and he was smiling too. 
so that that things happen but i learned many things <laughs> Oh, I, I can't imagine. And, you know, you mentioned that um, you spent a lot of time in those early days just sort of looking around and trying to absorb things and absorb the culture. Do you remember what stood out to you in those early days? Um, of course. I was uh, living in Finland in Michigan. And I just realized that if you don't leave a big city like New York City or Chicago or Houston or maybe San Francisco, uh People don't walk on streets, but in Turkey, our streets are like crowded. People walk around, but here people use car most often. That was actually like first uh, cultural uh, shock for me. Uh, when I arrived in Finland, it was weekend and it was, uh, I think, Saturday. At next morning, on Sunday, we tried to go grocery. And at that time, it was end of the summer and there was a race people were running and the streets were like all the people around. I was feeling great because I thought that it's a great place for me. It's very close <laughs> to like my culture. And next day on Monday, I saw nobody on the streets and I was thinking, what happened? Do you miss that about Turkey? That kind of sense of community on the sidewalks, as it were? I think so. I, I miss sometimes, especially during these days. <laughs> I miss that a lot because no one is around. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 for sure. Um, what do you attribute most to helping improve your English? Um, well, I think listening is very important and the reading is very important too because um, in Turkish language, uh, one word can define more than one things. But in English, there are so many words to describe different things. I think that's the one main problem for all Turkish people here. For example, we can have one word for money and the for face. It's the same, exactly the same word, but you can only understand from the, the sentence. But in here, you have different words. You know, face is different and the money is obviously different words. Um, what I did that I read a lot and I try to improve my word vocabulary. I think listening is very important too, because if you look at like six years old kid or seven years old kid, they cannot read, but they can speak English. So it means that the listening is very important because they just hear. Well, so can you like help us understand just kind of briefly the differences in being a student in Turkey as opposed to a student in the U.S.? Sure. So I can say first the um, the research facilities. If you would like to buy a device, you should ask your department chair and you should ask your um, dean and the president of the university and they should ask the government. So it takes time. For example, you are going to do an experiment and you need a device. You should just wait, like in Turkey, you should wait like one month or more than one month to get that device. But in here, it's so easy. You just ask your advisor and uh, he or she can get from budget. And in Turkey, I can say that um, the professor focus on the exams more. So you don't have so much homeworks there. The students only work for the exams. And then if they did very well, they just pass. But in here, the professors or overall system focus on the homeworks. And uh, then you can do in, in exams very well as well. 
And I think it's the better also teaching way. How did Lehigh support international students? Uh, I, I was a student three different universities here. University of Michigan, Lehigh, and Columbia University. And the University of Michigan and Columbia Universities have like, like 20, maybe 30,000 students. So if you are at Lehigh, you can just walk through your international office and you can directly ask your questions to them and they are very helpful. And after a couple of visits, actually you know them and they already know you. That's the great things. But if you are in the big universities, they even don't know you. You have to do appointment to go there. And they just uh, need to spend time like a couple or three minutes with you because there are so many students are waiting. And also international office here is very supportive. They always keep updating the information for you. That's, I think, the great things and they work very well. Oh, that's great. Now, as I understand it, in your time at Lehigh, you've been involved in a lot of different things. You've been on the Graduate Student Senate. You've been on the Parking Appeals Committee. You've been involved with the National Robotics Week. How and why did you get involved with all of these things? Because I can imagine that you are plenty busy with your research and you know these things all take a lot of time. And so why was it important for you to do these other things? Uh, sure. I think uh, people should have balanced life. So what I did that, I, of course, work a lot. And uh, in last uh, three years, I and my advisor uh, have published two journal articles, two conference articles, and uh, another two journal articles are under review. So I just try to be a more social person. I try to meet new people and I try to involve different committees and uh, such as Parking Appeals Committee. I think that was a very great for me. I learned many things from them and I met many people. Also, I was uh, swimming three or four days during the week. And also that gave me a kind of opportunity to meet the Lehigh community because I was uh, going to the different pools. Yeah, these all of these things were just giving me an opportunity to have balanced life. And then I, I feel great. That's great. <laughs> I believe that that is completely true. And um, you're very wise. When you, you say that you that you learned a lot on the parking appeals committee in particular, what do you think you learned? I can imagine that committee is very busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so basically, uh, we just try to make a decision on the appeals. And you just read so many the letters there. And you just uh, understand then how people can think because they have a ticket and they are not agree with it. And they just try to explain their situation and they are just trying to explain why they are right. So, and then that gives me at least an opportunity to how people can think. I, I still keep that position for sure. <laughs> Well, uh, that is so interesting. What about the Graduate Student Senate? Are you still involved with that? And just tell me a little bit about that. Why did you find that valuable? The first of all, you can meet the many graduate students. The second thing is that um, you can see the decision there because the university make a decision and it affects the grad students as well. 
And this is the, the place you can discuss um, and you can uh, hear from your department grad students and then you can say their disagreement to the university administration too because uh, everyone cannot contact the university administration and they just uh, told you and uh, as a unit representative, one of the, your responsibilities is just uh, telling their uh, disagreement to the university uh, administration. So it's a kind of the bridge between the administration and the students. You recently won the Graduate Leadership and Service Award. So what does that distinction mean to you? Well, I think, um, first of all, I can say that I feel amazing to get that uh, award. Um, I feel that this award showed me that uh, uh, I'm doing something different and better than others. I feel really, really amazing about that. The second thing is that this is the proof of my life at Lehigh, actually. I, I would like to give you an example. So if you are a PhD student and you can say, I work hard, and but end of the day, if you don't publish any article or any result of your research, it means there's something wrong in your research or you are a liar. Uh, but <laughs> right now, if someone asks me what I did, you know, I can show directly that, that award and I can say, this is the proof of my life and what I did at Lehigh. And that's a great thing, I, uh, I think. And when you say this is the proof, you're referring to this, this particular award, this distinction? Of course, yes. Uh, because it shows you, I, I socially, I am very active and also academically also I'm doing something. Right, right. One of the things that I read about your nomination was that the person who nominated you talked about not only your physical journey from Turkey to the United States, but also your educational and your emotional journey. Can you just describe for me a little bit um, that emotional journey? Talk about that a bit, because I think a lot of students, whether they're international or not, can relate to the struggle of trying to fit into a new place, being far from home, feeling a lot of pressure to succeed. And obviously, if you're also an international student dealing with the language barrier at first anyway. Um, so can you talk a little bit about your own sort of emotional journey that's gotten you to, you know, a place where I I feel like I'm talking to a very confident, well-adjusted, happy person. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. and yeah. excuse me if I'm if I'm making an assumption there, but <laughs> you know, can you just talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I think um, the this is something so hard to describe, but I can give you my example. In Turkey, I was living with my family, and I went to college in the same city. Uh, which I was born. So it means that if something bad happened, always someone in my back, like my family and like my older brother. So I was so confident to do the different things. But when I came to the here, uh, you are alone. And uh, the, like you said, is the language is the big barrier. But time by time, you learn something and just emotionally, you, you are being a more strong because you have to deal everything with yourself. Of course, you can talk to your family, but the problem is that your family is in Turkey 
and they cannot understand very well what you live here because they don't know here. Therefore, I think the emotionally, if you are international or foreign student, I can say, uh, emotionally, you will be more strong. And if something bad happened, I don't think my family is back up. Just uh, I think I'm alone here and I should deal with this situation. Yeah. So it sounds like your resiliency has grown Your and your self-reliance is very strong and you're not afraid to confront things that are uncomfortable because if you don't, it's not going to make it go away. It's just and, and nobody's kind of with you to sort of confront it for you. You just need to take charge and, and deal with things as they come. And since you've done that successfully over and over, you have this confidence that, well, the next thing that comes up, I can handle that too. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, yes, exactly what I'm saying. So what what are you feeling most grateful for to Lehigh in terms of getting you on the track that you want to be on for your career, wherever it is that you end up? Well, I would like to stay in academia, so I'm planning to, to be a researcher and a professor in, in a university. And I think that the, the professors at Lehigh has a great connection. Their research is uh, very great. They are known in the academia. Therefore, their references open so many doors for you. The second thing is that the Lehigh has, uh, like I said, the great facilities and if you have an idea in your research, you are able to do that. And then that makes you uh, one step further than the others. Oh, that's great. That's really good. Well, I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the pandemic and how it's affected you uh, and your research. And so just real quick, where were you when you first heard that Lehigh would be going remote for the rest of the spring semester? And what was your first thought? Well, that was a very uh, interesting moment uh, because uh, I was in a lab in Packard. So uh, when I read the email, I was feeling that, oh, I should go back to Turkey because of that situation. And then, of course, I thought my research, if I go somewhere, how I'm going to do my research, how I complete my degree here. The second thing is that I live in the university facilities in Packer House. And then I thought that also I should move out from the Packer House because it's the university facility and the university is locked down. Next day, I was worrying about so much and I was looking for the, the off-campus houses around to move out if I need to. But Lehigh told us, if you would like to, we can stay. At that moment, I understood that uh, uh, Lehigh is a very supportive school. Uh, I think I'm really thankful to Lehigh because of uh, that situation. And have you been able to conduct your research in any way? I mean, has that been put on hold? Well, thanks God, because I don't do experiment in my research, at least not yet. Uh, therefore, my research is not affected so badly. But I know some people here, just because of their experiment, they can't do anything. Um, therefore, their research affected uh, very badly, I know. Is your family in Turkey all healthy? Uh, yes, yes. Hopefully they are, they are healthy. Yeah. When was the last time that you went home to Turkey? And when do you think will be the next time that you hope to go? Uh, in spring break last year, I, I went to Turkey to visit my family. 
And uh, I think the next time will be when I finish my degree here. <laughs> I'm not planning to go right now. I think it's not possible right now as well if I would like to go. <laughs> That's it for today's show. I'm so grateful to Onur for sharing his story. And he wants to thank his advisor, Professor Meng Seng Chu, in the Mechanical Engineering and Mechanics Department, and the selection committee that granted him the Rawson College of Engineering and Applied Science Graduate Leadership and Service Award. The award recognizes students who exhibit leadership through service as a means of improving the quality of graduate student life in the engineering college and making the graduate experience better for all. In our next episode, I'll talk with a Lehigh alum about caring for recovering COVID patients and the struggle that people like him feel about whether or not they're doing enough. Ross and Connection is produced by me, Christine Fennessy. Music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you choose to listen. You can send us story suggestions or feedback on Twitter at Ross and Podcast. And for more information about academic programs at the P.C. Rawson College of Engineering and Applied Science, head to engineering.lehigh.edu. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.